the words that we focus on, and uh, each Sunday we use a different word because they all have something to do with Christmas. And again, it's uh, a simple reading, simple words, but as Christians carry a lot of meaning to them. They're not just words we say. It actually means something, and that's important to remember, especially when hard things happen in our lives. We talked about hope the first Sunday, peace the second Sunday, this Sunday, joy. Uh, Before I begin, I do just want to offer a word of prayer for a couple of things, a couple of people. Um, I uh, was thinking this and what was being shared and why I say these words have meaning because not everything that happens in your life is joyful all the time. Uh, Yesterday, uh, we had the services for Yvonne's dad, uh, Dick Boyer, who had passed away, and uh, that was one of the things I was talking about, the meaning of Christmas. If Christmas is just these parties and songs and baking cookies and stuff, it's really hard to experience joy if that's all that it is. And so we talked about how Christmas is more than that. And that's why we focus on these words every year, because it is. And it's important that we know that when we do go through difficult times. And so I would appreciate your prayers for uh, Mark and Yvonne Nestor, uh, their daughter Julie and Lydia, as we uh, had Dick's services yesterday. And I was wrong. I said last week that it's been a year since uh, Yvonne's mom and sister had passed. It's actually been two years I forgot that, uh, but still same time of year. So uh, it's hard sometimes, and some of you have experienced that as well. And some churches have what they call a blue Christmas service because as joyful as the season is for some of us, it's, it's not as joyful. But that doesn't mean we can't still experience that because when we make Christmas about what it is, we can. That's God's promise to us. I'd also ask you to pray for Lois Becker, who uh, Liz Reed had shared was in the hospital, uh, I think awaiting hip surgery. I'm not sure if she's actually had it yet or not, Uh, but if you would pray for Lois Becker, I know the family would appreciate that. And also Doris Bolton, if you're a part of our prayer uh, circle, when we send out emergency prayer, sometimes people need it right away, can't wait till Sunday, and we want to be able to do that for people because we believe in prayer. Uh, Doris Bolton was taken to the hospital with uh, blood clots in her lungs and in her leg, and so she's there now, and they're treating her for that, so if you'd remember them. Obviously, this kind of stuff is always difficult, but, you know, for whatever reason, even at Christmas, it kind of just adds a little bit to it, makes it that much more difficult. So if you would remember their families in prayer, I know they would appreciate that. And so before I begin with the Word, let's just do that together. God, this morning we are uh, grateful, thankful that we are able to actually say we can experience joy in the midst of difficulty. We can do that because of what you have accomplished through your son, Jesus. God, thank you for loving us enough to break into the world you created. As broken as it is, Lord, as messed up as it is, you entered into it. Not only did you enter into it, Lord, but you took upon yourself pain and suffering, hurt and sadness. And because you have done that, Lord God, we can experience joy and hope and peace. God, thank you for that promise, and I just pray, Lord, that as we think those things, we hear those things, that your Holy Spirit would simply communicate, convey, 
and that the Nestor family would experience that in their lives this Christmas. Others, Lord, in this room, others watching at home, God, that are feeling the same way, may they experience those same things because of the hope that is placed in Jesus, the peace that is found in knowing Him, the joy that He provides to us. God, I pray that You would also be with Lois Becker and Doris Bolton, who are in the hospital now, Lord. Pray that they would be healed. I pray that Lois that would get the surgery she needs, that they'd be able to solve the issues that Doris is having, having with the blood clots, be with the doctors, the nurses, everyone that's caring for them, Lord. Be with their family as they travel back and forth, Lord, and just the difficulty of that and, of course, how that becomes even more difficult with uh, the Christmas season, Lord. So we, as a church family, just lift up uh, Lois and Doris, Lord, and I pray for others, others who have come this morning, Lord, maybe just dealing with sickness at this time of the year, illness, Lord, that just complicates life, maybe dealing with some more serious things. Maybe it is actually not something physical at all. God, maybe it's something emotional, something relational, uh, something that we can't see, but the hurt is just as real. And so, Lord, I pray too uh, that they would experience your hope, peace, and joy that is offered through your Son, Jesus. Lord, we see our world. We see how broken it is, and we're reminded at Christmas that you have done something to change all that. And Lord, though we don't experience that now in complete fullness, we know God, that one day Jesus will restore all things. This Advent season of waiting till Jesus' birth, till we celebrate that, is really practice for us in the waiting for Jesus' return. God, help us to be ready for His return. Help us to be faithful to the mission You've given us until He does return to share with the world around us what You have accomplished through this little baby born on Christmas Day. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last couple of Sundays, I have been focusing on light and how light is represented in Christmas, but how light is kind of represented all over Scripture. And I told you you could do a Google search and type in light, darkness, and Scriptures, and you get a whole list of throughout the Bible talking about light and darkness. Last week, we looked at Isaiah talking about that. We'll again look at Isaiah this morning and a New Testament passage as well, talking about light and what that means, what it represents. Uh, Next Sunday is our Christmas cantata. If you would like to come and be a part of that, it's a great time to invite somebody to uh, experience that. It's an entire service of song. The cantata is presented um, and it's all singing, and it's really this very same message. In the cantata, they'll be singing about light. And uh, as part of that service, talking about what each of those lights represents. Because light is just a big part of this time of year. That's why we decorate all of our houses, our churches decorated, lights everywhere. Light is conveying something important. Last week, we kind of talked about darkness and sin and light being salvation, what Jesus has done. This week, I want to talk about what it is that, that Jesus has come and is shining light into a dark world. 
And really, Jesus doing that is being conveyed in just about every Christmas story that you watch or read this time of year. So I don't know how your house works, but at Christmas, there's pretty much nothing on our television but Christmas movies. Every show, every Hallmark Christmas movie uh, is telling us the same story, but really every Christmas story is kind of telling us, giving us a picture of what light is doing for us. So if you uh, go as old as A Christmas Carol, you know, Charles Dickens' story of A Christmas Carol, and if you've read the book about Ebenezer Scrooge, if you've watched the movie about The Christmas Carol. Many different adaptations of that movie. We all know which is the best one. The Muppets. The Muppets Christmas Carol. I know that's what you've all said and agree with. The Muppets Christmas Carol is the best one. You got that story. That story is really telling the same story, only a lot better than the Hallmark movies are telling the story. It's a Wonderful Life. I watch that one every year. One of my favorites telling us the same story. And every Hallmark movie is the same story as well. It's somebody is not seeing the world, life, their family, priorities the way they ought to, and somehow at Christmas, the scales fall off. They're like walking around in darkness just trying to grab whatever to make sense of life, make them happy, whatever it is, and Christmas comes around and everything changes. That's like as we follow Ebenezer Scrooge throughout the night, Christmas morning comes and the sun rises and it like shines on his life and for the first time ever, he sees the world as he should see it. For the first time ever, he sees life the way you ought to see life. If you watch a Hallmark movie, the same thing is happening. There's somebody who spends too much time as a lawyer, as some CEO of some company, and then they go to the mountains in some ski resort, or they go to the beach in some island, and the same thing's happening. Christmas is helping them see life for what it really is. It's helping them reprioritize what's important. It's almost like they've been walking around in darkness for a long, long time. Christmas rolls around and shines the light of what life is all about. Every Christmas movie is really doing the job of what Scripture is saying. And so, not every Christmas movie is about Jesus, but it's still conveying the same truth that the Bible is conveying, that Jesus helps us to see the world as it really is. Jesus actually helps us see our lives as they really are. And for the first time, the darkness disappears. It flees, and Jesus shines a light on how we ought to see things. So as you're watching Christmas stories, you can see that line running through, that thread that runs through every Christmas story. Now, yeah, there's a lot of romantic stories and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I pity the dudes that are going to date my girls because they watch a lot of Hallmark movies, and they think this is what it's all about. Guys are not that smart. They're pretty dumb. And so you're going to have to help them along in figuring it out. And so I'm only speaking from experience. I'm not that smart. My, uh, my wife really helped me out, helped me along, domesticated me. But every story is the same, and it's as old 
as the Scriptures. Isaiah is telling the same story. Israel is doing the same thing, only in their own way. See, every movie is saying, you're going to be happy, the more modern ones. You're going to be happy with all these things. But they never are, and they've got to reprioritize. You're going to find what life is all about in something else. And actually, Israel is doing the exact same thing, and Isaiah is t- telling them, you're actually getting more lost. You thought it was dark. It's getting darker and darker and darker. The more you move away from the revelation of God, Isaiah is saying, the darker it's actually going to get, and the further away you're going to get from life. Isaiah is talking about that. I read for you a scripture that we read all the time at Christmas about this wonderful counselor, this prince of peace, this king of kings and lord of lords. Isaiah says that person is going to come through this baby. And what that person is going to do, Isaiah says, has a lot to do with making things light, changing the darkness that is around them. See, in his day, Israel was grasping for whatever they could to make sense of the world, make sense of life, make sense of truth, make sense of what they're supposed to be doing. And they ended up relying on mediums and spiritists, people who they thought could contact the dead and help them make sense of life. And actually what was taking place is they moved further and further into the darkness. And Isaiah says it's a deep darkness. He's repeating himself, as I'll read for you, in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, he's repeating himself to emphasize how bad it really is. And he's saying to them that a light is going to come and cause the darkness to flee. That light is, represent, is representing seeing the world for what it really is. Seeing reality the way God wants us to see it. I preached a series of sermons talking about perspective. What the scriptures are trying to do is give us that perspective on life. That's really what that light means. It's helping us make sense of the world around us. When you look at your phone and go through the news feed, how do you make sense of what's taking place in the world? When you're experiencing difficulty at your job, when you're challenged with something that's really hard to do, when you're having difficulties with family and friends, how do we know how to handle all that? That's our perspective, that's light being shined into our lives to help us see how things really are. Isaiah said God's going to do that for Israel in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, simply reads, nevertheless, this darkness that you're in, Isaiah is saying, it's not going to be this way forever. That's why he uses the word nevertheless. There will be no more gloom for those, were in, for those who were in distress. They're walking into darkness. It's getting worse for them. Just read Isaiah, read the Old Testament, read what happens to Israel as they walk away from God. They were in great distress, actually exiled from their home. Isaiah says, in the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, these are geographical locations, he will honor Galilee of the nations. 
by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan. How is God planning on doing that? The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then he goes on to talk about this child who would be born unto us, a son that would be given. I read that for you before. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You're going to see the world. You're going to see life for what it really is. And the darkness that you've been walking in will flee. And you'll see how life is to be lived. That light is going to point you back to God. You know, we, in, we have a star up above me. That light that was shining for those shepherds, for those wise men to find the Savior. When the, or the shepherd are out in their field, this bright light comes about and the angels begin to proclaim this good news of great joy. For the first time, the world's going to see what God is doing because God himself is going to show them when God himself comes and dwells among us. See, light is trying to convey something very important to us. All these Christmas stories are trying to help us see life for what it really is. When that lawyer who's focusing too much on the job and trying to become a partner in that firm and that CEO is trying to make the investors happy and make all that money and all that kind of stuff. Those writers are trying to convey to you that they're focusing on the wrong things. It's like they're just walking around in darkness, not showing which way to go. Life is a mess for them. Things just get really messed up. And for the first time, as they begin to think about Christmas and focus on Christmas, and this person comes into the life, they're helping them see for the very first time. This darkness that they've been walking around in kind of flees. It starts going away, and now I can actually see what life is all about. Well, that's what Isaiah is saying is going to happen to Israel. You're going to see what reality is all about for the first time when God does this. But surprisingly, it's not going to be some mighty warrior who defeats Rome, who takes Rome's boot off your neck. Surprisingly, it's going to come through a child. That nothing, as the angel says to Mary, is impossible with God. Because even an infant, a helpless baby, who needs mom and dad, that's why mom and dad come up here in baptism, that's why other people come beside, that's why we involve you as a church, that baby needs other people to survive. When that little baby is in God's hands, that baby is more powerful than any nation on the planet. Darkness cannot extinguish that light. That's what John told us last week. As hard as darkness tries to extinguish it, darkness cannot. King Herod tried to do that. We think of the Christmas story as being this wonderful, joyful time, and yet we read about King Herod making this decree of killing, murdering babies up to two years old. The darkness tried. The darkness tried. It just could not extinguish the light. Even if you fast forward and we think darkness has prevailed, 
when the one who claims to be the Messiah is on a cross. Early on that next morning, the sun rises, light shines, and Jesus walks out of the grave. Darkness will not prevail. Jesus is the one who actually shows us the light and what life is actually all about. So if we fast forward to the book of John again, we get this statement from Jesus himself, talking with the Pharisees who were supposed to know everything. They've been studying the Scriptures their whole lives. They're waiting for this Messiah, the one who would come and save us and be that light that would cause the darkness to flee. And they themselves were walking in darkness. The very one who had come, King of the Jews, they put on a cross. And so Jesus makes this statement about Himself. This is one of His I am statements, connecting Himself to I am in the Old Testament, which was Yahweh, which is God. And Jesus says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, and this is the Pharisees that He was having this discussion with, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus is connecting light and life together. John did that for us in chapter 1, verse 1 through 18, multiple times, and now Jesus himself is saying that. Somehow this light is connected to life. Because when we can actually see clearly, when we can actually see things the way they really are, we will experience life as God intends it. Because the further we move away from God's revelation, the further away we move from the truth on how to live life. And the darker it gets, the darker it gets, and the bleaker it gets. It happened for Israel. It happens in our own day. I can tell you all the stories. Some of you can share those stories in your own life, in my own life. And when I was walking around in darkness, and when Jesus finally shined that light into that darkness, and I experienced life. When you watch a Christmas movie, they are doing the exact same thing. They are saying something true about ourselves and our need to have someone else shine this light in our lives for us. That's what Jesus said He came to do. Whether you recognize it or not, Jesus is the one doing that. See, Jesus isn't saying, I am the light of the world if you believe it. Jesus doesn't care what you believe. He is saying, I am the light of the world. If you want to experience life, you embrace me. And I'll shine that light in your life. And you'll see reality for what it really is for the first time. And Jesus is saying that He, no matter what anybody else in the world says, is the light of the world. Jesus is actually talking about here, if we're going to get philosophical, objective reality. We try in as much as we can change that, but it, we can't. We have things called virtual reality. It's not real. We have virtual relationships. They're not real. Jesus is actually making a statement about objective reality, those things that are unchanging. And He says He is the one 
that can show us what life is all about. And notice what he says, those who follow, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, there's like this movement. It's not just like, okay, I, I believe Jesus is the light of the world. Something else is going on. Jesus is actually encompassing discipleship here. I am the light of the world. Those who follow me will never walk in darkness. You will see life for what it really is. Jesus doesn't say your life is going to be perfect. Jesus doesn't say you'll never have any problems. In fact, Jesus says the exact opposite throughout his ministry. Your life might actually get harder. You believing this might actually make it difficult for you. Some of you might have experienced that. Your relationships, people have walked away from you because of your belief in Jesus. That has happened. This light and life doesn't mean everything's perfect. So this is where, you know, us in the Hallmark movies kind of veer in different directions. But it does mean, Jesus says, that you'll experience life as I intend you to experience it. Not only will you experience life as I intended, but that salvation that he brings, that life that he brings, doesn't stop. In fact, it goes on forever. And that's a truth I had to convey yesterday when we're together as we were with the Nestor family talking about the death of someone we loved. But what Jesus actually offers us is life because darkness cannot overcome him. When he walked out of that grave, he showed darkness that it must flee. Just follow Jesus' life around. When you think about dark things, you think about demons and, you know, nasty stuff like that. What did Jesus do when he came across people that were demonic? What did the demons do? They fled in terror. The darkness was fleeing. And that person that had been possessed was seeing the world for what it really is for the first time. They experienced the light pushing the darkness back and life for the first time. See, that's what Jesus is offering us at Christmas. That's why I think every Christmas story is conveying a very similar truth. There's a lot of people walking around in darkness. And we have to witness what that does to their lives. And we have an opportunity to offer them life, light. And when we offer them Jesus and they begin following him, that darkness will never come back. It says, those who follow me will never walk in darkness. doesn't mean life's not going to be tough. It just means you'll see life for what it really is. We'll be able to process, make sense of the world around us, what's going on in our families, our relationships with our friends, at work, the decisions we have to make, those tough decisions we have to make, those difficult times in our lives, the best gift we can give our children, 
is the light of Jesus. This light that never fades. That's what that song, The Inside Out, was saying, never ending. When it's dark, where are we going to point our children? There's one light that never fades. It will never go out. It can never be extinguished. That light, Jesus says, is Him. And when we embrace that light, when we embrace salvation in His name, we experience life. Every Christmas story is telling us that and conveying that truth for us. And maybe you've felt like you've been walking around in darkness. Maybe you have someone in your life who you are watching walk further and further away from God's revelation. When we think of revelation, you know, we have this image if you've watched TV shows and stuff like that, when you have a a good idea, this light bulb that comes on, like this light bulb comes up over your head and shines light into something that was confusing, something that was dark. That's exactly what Jesus is doing in our lives. But it's more than that. Jesus is actually offering us not just life in the here and now, but life eternally. Jesus says, this life will never end. I can provide that for you. But you don't have to wait until then. As you embrace this light and follow him, you start pushing darkness back. The darkness begins to flee. We live in a pretty dark world. Last week we talked about Jesus said, you and me are the light of the world. Everywhere we go, we're pushing back darkness a little bit. You know what? Christmas does that for us in a lot of ways. Christmas itself, this celebration of what God is doing, of sending the light into the world, And every movie is doing the same thing, pushing back this darkness a little bit, helping people see what life is really all about. I hope that's you. I hope that's true of you, that Jesus has helped you see what life is really all about. It was true for me. I grew up in the church my whole life. And honestly, it wasn't until February 2005 When Jesus shined that light into the darkness of my own heart, I thought I knew what life was all about. And when Jesus shined that light exposed, man, I was pretty far away. And for the first time, those scales fell off. It was like I had that Ebenezer Scrooge moment. Life was different for me going forward. I was actually seeing the world as God intended me to see it, and I began to experience life the way Jesus says I can. Doesn't mean my life was perfect or easy. Doesn't mean it's perfect or easy now. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. Because Jesus has shown that light into my life, and He has offered something that no one else can provide, nothing else can provide, That's salvation in His name and in His name alone. Jesus is the world's world's light, whether He is recognized or not. And we have the opportunity as His people at Christmas 
to help others find that light. Have that conversation with that friend. Watch that Christmas movie with that friend. And look for an opportunity to talk about what that movie is conveying. Why can that person see what life is really all about for the first time? But Hallmark movies base it off of romantic relationships and families. What if it's that relationship that's messed me up so much or that family that has left me so broken? What then? We've got something else other than just a romantic movie to offer. Jesus is the only one that can offer that life. But when we put our faith and trust in Him, that life overflows. And that darkness begins to flee. Jesus says, you are going to do the same thing that I did. When I walk around, the darkness is going to run. And I know you, I know I, have people in my life that I want to see the darkness run away from. And so Christmas is a great opportunity to have that conversation, share about what that light really is. That salvation that is being offered, you can experience life for what it really is in the here and now. And not only that, but Jesus offers us life forever in His name. The most important gift we can give our children, the reason we have mom and dad stand up here and make these vows is because they're going to be a big part of Daphne's life growing up and pointing her to the light that never fades, never goes away. I pray that you know that light, that you know Jesus. And I hope that God gives you an opportunity to shine that light in someone else's life and make the darkness flee as Jesus makes that way for us. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas, and that's what we're to be about until His return. Let's pray. God, thank You uh, for the light that Jesus is in our lives, the light that He brings into this world, that because of Jesus, we can see things for what they really are. We can see our lives for what they really are. We can see this world and make sense of it for what it really is. Jesus' light is that powerful. God, thank You for the life that is brought to us via that light, and I pray, God, that we would experience that, that we would experience the life Jesus offers in His name, the salvation that He has brought into our own dark hearts at times, our own confused lives. And God, I pray, too, that if we got people in our lives that need that light shined into their life, give us those opportunities. Help us to use these stories of Christmas, all these movies that we watch of people's lives being transformed in about an hour and a half. How is that possible? How is that possible for real? That's possible through Jesus, who says He is the light of the world. And when we follow Him, we will never walk in darkness. God, thank You for making that way for us. In this land of deep darkness, thank You for the light dawning, the light shining forth and giving us life, life in Jesus' name. 
And it's in his powerful name that we pray. Amen.